We are broadcasting from the furthest reaches of space, where the only radio broadcast channel we get is NPR. Welcome to Trivia Escape Pod. I am your host, Julius Orenson. And I'm Ross White. And we promise not to let our voices do that NPR thing where we're just like, hello and welcome to Trivia Escape Pod. I don't want to admit how good that part was. (laughs) (laughs) While we are searching for a hospitable planet, we're broadcasting trivia across the galaxy, and we've got a great show for you today. Engineer Rachel is below decks working on our transponders. She's also still working on the waste system that was broken last week. Uh, You know, Julia, I feel confident this is the week that the engines, transponders, waste system, life support, all of it's going to work. We're going to get enough points in the pod to find a planet where we can land and where we can live happily. I think this is what happens when you get an escape pod off of eBay. It's not quite as described. So there are a lot of things wrong with this. Um, But we're working hard to try and get on our merry way through the cosmos. Um, So we're going to be asking you guys some trivia questions in four rounds to test your knowledge and occasionally your lateral thinking. And if you guys want to play along at home, go ahead and score yourselves and tweet us your final scores. And you might get a little shout out if you get a good high score. Um, And also, you never know when we might make contact with a special guest on this here podcast. That, uh, with the intro this week, is Life Story by the band Numeron, or the, the person known as Numeron. We're not really sure. Uh... <laughs> I feel like that is that's not it, Julia. We are still gonna have to be on the lookout for some permanent theme music. Uh, I think we're getting close. That one had kind of a nicer vibe to it. But yeah, if anybody out there somewhere in the universe has an idea of a royalty-free song we can use, please let us know. Uh, because we a little broke out here. <laughs> Trivia escape pod at gmail.com is a good place to send your mp3s of music that you yourself have made and if it's uh trivia related even better if it is space related even better and we do take remixes of the always sunny in philadelphia theme song especially (laughs) no that's not royalty free julia but if it's a remix (laughs) oh god you're still on your danny devito kick from last week i'll never not be oh my lord uh so engineer rachel uh woke us up this week she has not drawn anything on our faces as we came out of our stasis beds oh um don't look in a mirror actually you'll be sadly disappointed come on come on all right just go ahead and describe it to me what have i got um, I, I don't know how vulgar I'm allowed to get on this here podcast. Oh, she is a prankster. She's getting better. Her art's getting good. Well, she's got ample time to practice. So uh, she is not going to be coming up uh, above decks this week. Our, uh, our space cat Spock, Mr. Spock, has made a, a brief appearance before we started broadcasting, and he may or may not be back into the main cabin. He's really enjoying the zero Gs. He really is, uh, mostly because his pursuit of treats in zero G. That is hilarious. <laughs> he looks like he's trying to swim. And uh, A, cats don't swim, as best I know. And B, cats definitely don't swim in zero G. So <laughs> it is uh, it is as futile an effort as I have ever seen. Julia, this week, you spin it in stasis, but uh, we are able to vividly dream what all what all did you get up to? 
Uh, I'm kind of still daydreaming about that mountain trip I took in the hollow deck last week. And then uh, just doing all my busy way with my research. And hopefully we'll find some cool stuff through my statistics program. So sweet, let's, sweet. let's hope that uh, math is on my side. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that uh, while Julia is in stasis, she is working on a PhD from a holographic uh, university here in North Carolina. Uh, and, and, you know, there's some strong rivalries around North Carolina universities, and I think we're probably going to have to talk about that at some point on the pod. But, you know, not today. We don't want to talk about that today. That would be a terrible thing for us to spend any time discussing just yeah, the two of us. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, it just wouldn't make any sense. Well, I'm uh, headed soon to Denver uh, in my hollow deck, and uh, I've got a, an 11-year-old niece out there who is an absolute blast. I hear tell that we're going to go to a water park, so hopefully next week I'll be able to sort of report back on what a hollow water park is like. Is the water in zero G? So how do you go down... A slide in zero G. Here's the thing. I've never been to a holodeck water park, so we're going to find out. Whoa, ho, whoa. Do you see what's flashing up here on the hollow screen? Yeah, there's something else on the radar. It looks like a heat map of someone else in space through another escape pod. Yeah, let's go ahead and perform a docking maneuver. I'm going to analyze the passenger manifest here. All right, I'll open the airlock. Look at that. Let's welcome aboard our guest today. He's a PhD student in classics at Duke University. It's Alex Karsten. Hi. <laughs> Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. Um, Alex, it, what a pleasure to run into you floating through space in your, uh, your one-seater escape pod. It's just you in there. It sure is. Just me. I'm uh, still waiting for Michael to come pick me up and take me home. Well, I, I hope that that happens. What exactly are you escaping, Alex? Well, I'm a, I'm escaping um, total doom and destruction on my home planet, um, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the PhD program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. yeah, I'm in in my own hollow deck. Uh, it's 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 a little bit smaller because there's only one of me, but um, it's it's pretty great. Um, I'm enjoying it over at Hollow Duke. Hollow Duke. <laughs> uh, and you are studying classics right now. That is correct. Tell us a little bit about the time period you're focused in on and the batshit crazy things that people are doing <laughs> back in that time period. Yeah, I never actually thought to use my holodeck to go back to the time period. Maybe that would be helpful, but um, I'm using it to go to the library to study what I think is somewhere in the 6th century BC-ish, 5th century BC-ish range, maybe even up to the 7th century BC. Uh, I'm studying a poet named Theognis, and his poetry is okay at best, but there's a lot of interesting things around the way that people have studied it and looked at it that I think is basically all wrong. So I'm going to try to be a little bit less wrong. Sweet. First off, I, I mean, I as a poet myself, I desperately hope that centuries from now, uh, somebody is in a, a hollow PhD program studying me saying, eh, you know, he's all right at best. But, uh, but super interesting things going on around. So tell us some of the super interesting things that make him worthy of study as an okay poet. So one of the things that make him worthy of study is the fact that there might never have been a him in the first place. What? Is yeah. he a, was he a ghost? As in like a figure like Chef Boyardee? Oh, you know what? <laughs> 
That you know, I might have to to um, go back to my pod here and really think this over. I don't know if I have time now that you said the Chef Boyardee thing. I need to get right on that because that's a really good. <laughs> Can you? He face- might have been more of a brand really than <laughs> ever a person. Um, and but he wrote poems as well. Yes, yes. And if you can rhyme ravioli. <laughs> With the same facility that he did, you have got some real skill. Um, SpongeBob already did that. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the formioli. That yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that was his. That's already a classic. Ah, uh, yeah. I guess you know SpongeBob was probably just reinterpreting the did work. Did he ever of Chef get the formioli? That's the question. Uh, n- no, no. I think he's still on the hunt for it because it was. I think it was Plankton that said that. Mm. Oh, okay. So See, the I, bad I the bad guy never wins in SpongeBob. Tragedy's not really my my strong suit, so. <laughs> The tragedy of Plankton and Spongebob. The true tragic character. So there may not have been... There may not have been a Theognis, um, but we just have a manuscript of poetry that the monk or whoever it was that uh, copied it down in the 9th century attributed to Theognis. And so from basically then until quite recently, people have been sort of trying to figure out what they could learn about this person, but we really almost only have the poetry. So they sort of built this biography up around this poet um, who might never have existed. It might have been sort of more of a poetic tradition um, that got built up and then sort of all attributed to one person. Okay. Uh, what are the odds that it was just that monk in the ninth century just wore the world style, hoaxing everyone into thinking there was a Theognis? I am so glad you asked because a war of the world's monk would be a phenomenal thing and we think that that sort of thing happened in other cases, but not in this one, because we've actually found um, little fragments of papyrus that we know are a lot earlier that have the same poetry on it. Okay, but there are War of the World style monks? There are certainly War of the World's monks out there, yes. Is it because monks are so often brewing beer? I, I could be wrong about this. It's not my area of expertise, but I'm pretty sure that most monks were just a little bit drunk all the time not like drunk no but you know that was how you kept the microbes out of your drinkings yeah like Like drunk enough that they would need an uber well i don't know i mean i think if you if you've really had anything to drink i think an uber is always a good idea you know don't drink and drive but i think it was more of like a buzz level if we're really talking i mean this is Mm. low this was some low gravity type you know, th- these aren't your your double IPAs. This is more of a, a Pilsner Lager type situation, from what I can understand. Again, talking totally out of my expertise. No, level. no, that's fine. I'm more of a war, war of the Worlds monk expert, yeah. if you will. Now, as, as you have done some of this research, particularly around uh, the um, the transcriptions done by ninth century monks, have you discovered the monk who created Uber? <laughs> I have not. Um, he was a true visionary. Um, I really look up to him, but I have not come across him. I like. I just now all of a sudden have a, like a, a vision of Elon Musk in a monastery. Oh you no! Mean, you, you mean Elon Monk? <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> exactly who I mean. Uh, uh, so, um, as you've been working with the poetry of Theognis, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who you have described as an, as an okay poet, uh, what? He what? has his flashes of brilliance, sure, maybe, if he existed. A, a good line or two here and there. Yeah. What drew you to, oh, this guy's okay, I'm going to spend the next seven years of my life working on I, this subject? I think that it's in, an interesting body of work to think about. Um, I, I work with poetry in general because I really enjoy working with poetry, and working with a maybe not the best poet like Theognis for me is like working with a fantastic 
someone in, in another field that's not poetry because I love poetry that much. But the problems that are around um, the corpus and frankly the way that it's been studied um, are some of the most interesting to me. So for, for me, it's less about the actual quality of the poetry itself and more about the kind of work that you can do with it. Um, so that's sort of what drew me to Theognis in the first place. All right. That sounds honestly really cool, Alex. Um, so we're going to lay down some rules for you of how our trivia game is going to work here. Uh, so we're going to provide you with a pen and paper, which you have handy right there. And we're going to start asking you some questions. Um, now, our intelligence scanners will give you points for each correct answer you get. Um, but our AI system seems to be a bit of a smart ass. So it will give you maybe some pity points if you can just truly make us laugh. Um, so if you're wrong, be funny at least. And we'll ask all the questions for the round and give the listeners some time to think about their own answers. And then we'll check in with you to see how you did. Do you have any questions before we start up? What is all this waste around us and why? It, you know what? It, you don't want to know. Okay. Uh, we have, we've, uh, on previous episodes, we have mentioned the difficulty of showering here in the pod uh, in such tight quarters. We don't want to get into that with you. Um, and uh, Engineer Rachel will probably get some of this waste sucked out uh, as we talk, so hopefully that will go away. Why don't we just jump right into the correct answers? Uh, because, you know, I, I feel like if we can uh, get you to give us some correct answers, that gives us points, and that might get Rachel a little bit further along in her task. You so, mean jump into the questions, not jump well, into yeah, the I answers. Mean, he's going to jump into the answers. We're going to jump into the questions. I see. Okay. So you're, say, so you're saying that by answering the questions correctly, I might have a chance to to get some of this away from yes, you. Yes, absolutely. All the brown stuff. Us, All the more incentive. It will power us more to actually go to a proper space dump. Okay, good. Thank God I have a shower in my pot. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's get started in a general knowledge round. We've got six questions in this round, but some of these have got multiple answers, Alex, and we'll let you know at the beginning of each question when they do. But uh, our first question is worth 50 points on our AI, and it has a single answer. The Meisner technique is used by practitioners of what art form? The Meisner technique, that just sounds like uh, a very unsuccessful way of getting people to stop choking before Heimlich came along. Oh, I was thinking it sounded like a weird love child between like a, a Miller Lite and a Pilsner. A, a Miller Lite is a weird love child between a Pilsner and water. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Number two, and this is going to have four parts to it. So uh, it's going to go 2A through 2D. Name us the following children's books. 2A, Max becomes the leader of a land of majestic beasts. Alex, do you have a favorite kid's book? Oh, man. Um, like, what was your jam when you so, were growing up? Uh, when I was a kid, I really liked, is it Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel? Um, I have no idea what that one is. Because it made me cry. Because at the end, uh, the steam shovel is not up to the task. And it's a, it's a real tragedy if you want to make your children sad i highly recommend mike mulligan and steam shovel and on a more positive note the one children's book that i still have in my house that i look to for aspiration is harold and the purple crayon 
Oh, that's so we a have, nice one. We have a true, you know, we have a true aspirational and a true tragic. Th- those would be my two in the two different known, you know, well-known children's book categories of aspirational and tragic. Oh, the, the two pinnacles of toddlerdom. Yes. All right. Two B. Uh, gum stuck in his hair signals the start of a disastrous day for an eleven-year-old. Julia, what was your favorite book when you were a wee one? So my first inclinations are the Junie B. Jones series and the Magic Treehouse series. Which, you know, I missed all of those. I am in Earth years, a few Jun- years older. Junie B. Are. Jones is just, um, it's like told through her perspective and it's she's a kindergartner and it's like the most adorably incorrect grammar and spellings of just like her going through kindergarten. It's Oh, you've talked about this. It's before. like a little like yeah. slice of life type thing but it's like stupid adorable um my favorite being the yucky (laughs) oh you are stupid adorable alex um moving on to 2c sam i am has a culinary adventure which is going to be me after we record this because i'm gonna get some food oh yeah what you hungry for um i think i might have the holodeck cook me up some cheese ravioli oh nice we've got some amazing food so you actually get the ravioli formula (laughs) i do get the formula (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the hollow deck has the formioli. Uh, Poor two- plankton. <laughs> you can't find me out here. Uh, 2D. In an effort to make a boy happy, he is given an apple, a house, and a boat. All right. So when I was growing up, mm-hmm. go dog go. That was like the pinnacle of literature for me for a long time. That is like truly a classic. That's like yeah. the ones that my generation learns about in history class. We oh, don't we don't read it in the library. Me. We learn about that book. Okay. I, uh, I I am particularly thrilled uh, to find out later that that was actually Gabriel Garcia Marquez who had written it. Uh, Alex, question number three is a three-part question. I've got no love for the NRA, but our AI seems to want you to answer these questions about the National Rifle Association. Uh, So it's a three-part question. 3A, what is the name of the current chief executive of the NRA? 3B, which Iran-Contra scandal figure was ousted as NRA president? And 3C, which star of many NRA videos lost her job when the organization cut ties with the consulting firm Ackerman McQueen? So, uh, I mean, this is pretty much a question that uh, vets whether or not Alex knows much about terrible people. Ooh, Alex is going deep into his thoughts right now. I I actually think he may have just entered a coma. (laughs) He's going full Jimmy Neutron (laughs) brain blast. (laughs) Uh, you know what uh, hopefully the AI will give him a, a question that'll bring him out of this stupor All right. the next one let's see if number four brings him any luck um, Alex when you're ready Miranda and Charlotte were characters on which famous HBO show and Alex if you need us to repeat anything just go ahead and ask no worries yeah it's never a problem uh, number five which four actors played Tom Clancy's character jack ryan in five hollywood films about the character and then name a fifth actor who played jack ryan in the 2018 amazon prime show called jack ryan that is the most i've said jack ryan in years and years and years julia have you ever read any of those 
Tom Clancy novels, this sort of Cold War uh, dashing spy adventures? No, it's kind of outside my genre of what I typically read, but I fully appreciate that they exist, and I know that they're very well received. I, I got to admit, uh, those books got me through a very... Uh, difficult adolescence where it was like, wow, we're all going to be annihilated. Wait, all of a sudden, no, hey, the Soviet Union's not a problem anymore. We're all friends. I mean, obviously, you know, given the the existence of the NRA's continued propaganda, yeah, the Soviets are still a problem. Um, but, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I just rewatched The Sum of All Fears uh, on Amazon Prime the other day, and... Um, yeah, it's messed up. They blow up Baltimore. Why Baltimore? Uh, it was just an American city. And according to our current president, it's full of rats. All right. Yeah. Done deal. What a, what a jackass. <laughs> uh, moving on to number six, which is the final question of our general trivia round. What is the only state in the United States that has laws that restrict self-serve gas stations? And for 50 more points, which state had a similar law that ended on December 31st of 2017? So which state has restrictions on self-serve gas stations and which state ended a similar law? I feel nothing but anger when I pull up to a gas station and I'm ready to hop out and pump my own gas and I am not allowed to. Has this happened to you, Alex? It has never happened to me. Yeah, so... As opposed to a self-serve gas station, is that the kind where like someone comes out and does it for you? You're, it's the beserved gas station. You yeah. can be self, you can self-serve or be beserved. Well, actually, uh, I think there are gas stations in the state that uh, we're asking you about in which you may not pump your own gas. It is self-serve is not a thing, and. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're expected to tip, which I don't have a problem with. Like, if somebody is going to pump the gas, yeah, they deserve a little something extra for their trouble. But merely the fact that there's a state regulation that uh, uh, will not allow me to pump my own gas, whoo, I get angry. I mean, because who can do it better than you? Honestly, Ross, I've seen you pump gas, and I, it is... A work of art. You know... You were just staring at the Daisy Duke shorts at that charity car wash. That's true. I mean, it's all part of the act, you know? I mean, like, the it's the flair with which he does it. It's When I put on a crop top and uh, pull the handle out, or the nozzle out of the, uh, out of the, what, what is that called? The dispenser? Uh, <laughs> I suppose. And then, you know, depress the lever. Woo, Nelly! That, uh... <laughs> That's enough to get any motor running. Is that how you got your wife to marry you? That is exactly it. Uh, she was driving through my state, and I said, <laughs> may I pump your gas, ma'am? And also, we're married now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, let's go over your answers with you. Uh Ross, do you want to take over number one yeah. since you asked that one? Number one, the Meisner technique is used by practitioners of which art form, Alex? I see what you're doing here, and of course a Meisner must be misening. <laughs> <laughs> what is the act of misening? Yeah. Is that like counting your money like a Scrooge McDuck type vibe? I mean... I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the Meisner technique is used by actors. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. 
Uh, number two. So we asked for the following kids' books. Two uh, A. Max becomes the leader of a land of majestic beasts. Where the wild things are. That is correct. Which I never read that one. Honestly, I know it's super popular. What? I know it's adorable. I don't know. It just wasn't on my bookshelves as a kid. Oh, your parents are mean to you. That's no, a because they book. bought me so many Junie B. Jones. They were the best parents. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Two B. Uh, gum stuck in his hair signals the start of a disastrous day for an 11-year-old. That is Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Um, that is in Didi, Didi, terribly, horribly correct. Uh, 2C. I really identified with that one for reasons that you may or may <laughs> not guess. <laughs> is it because you have gum stuck in your hair right now as we speak? I asked you not to talk about that. You know what? We can cut it out for you. Yeah, We've... can we cut? Can we cut this, Rachel? Yeah, Please. hey, uh, en- engineer Rachel, you listening to us down there? She's so clearly not listening to we, us we, down there. We hear banging at our feet, which means she's uh, angrily stabbing the ceiling. Yeah, in hopes of stabbing us. Yeah, possibly with scissors though, so we could use that to cut your hair. Yeah, um, she's being kind. Two uh, C. Sam, I am has a culinary adventure. Green eggs and ham. In. Indeed, a classic. Uh, and finally, 2D, in an effort to make a boy happy, he has given an apple, a house, and a boat. I didn't know this one, so I went with a joke guess of the giving tree. That That's I'm actually kidding. correct. That's not a joke guess. <laughs> I was going to say, what kind of joke is that if it's <laughs> smartly correct? Um, but yeah. You I, left out the last part. And Yeah, we did. We didn't. No spoilers on the podcast. You know, you know, you know I'm here for the tragic children's books, so. Wait, what is it? Oh, Julia. Is this like a Marley and Me thing? Yeah, the the dog dies at the end of the giving tree. (laughs) I made the mistake of asking to go see Marley and Me for my 13th birthday because I didn't know what it was. I just wanted to go see a cute puppy. Happy birthday! Yay! You turned 13, now cry. Doggy is dead. <laughs> okay, Alex. My parents have, my parents have oh. a somewhat similar story, except for it's like a lot worse. It's okay, because everyone ended up being okay. But my dad was diagnosed with cancer when I was really young, and he, he got over it. He's fine. But my parents, um, when they were waiting for the diagnosis and didn't know what was going to happen, decided to go to a movie to cheer up. And so they went to a movie, I forget what it's called, but I think it's with John Travolta, and he has these special powers, and he uses them. And it turns out at the end of the movie that the twist is that he had cancer, and that's why he has the special powers. And <laughs> then he dies very quickly. Oh, my God. And so they're waiting on this cancer diagnosis, and it's like, surprise, the movie you went to see to cheer you up is about a guy with cancer holy shit that's yeah. awful but then my dad's okay and now it's a story they laugh about still wild timing yeah that that is unfortunate yes alex answer these questions about the national rifle association 3a what is the name of their current chief executive wayne lapierre that is correct for 50 points which iran contra figure was ousted as nra president Oliver North. Oliver North is also correct. And which star of many NRA videos lost her job when the organization cut ties with the consulting firm Ackerman McQueen? Steve McQueen lost her job. Steve McQueen did lose her job. That is No, that is not correct. This is the one that was driving me crazy because I know I know it. And I mean, I guess I'm okay not having known it given the subject matter, but it's going to make me mad when you say this word. Uh, we, uh, we also would have accepted 
Owen Wilson in his role of Lightning McQueen. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the correct answer was Alexander McQueen. <laughs> Dana Lesh. Dana Lesh. That's right. Uh, moving on to number four, Miranda and Charlotte were characters on which famous HBO show? That is both sex and the city. <laughs> yes. Both of them. Yes, to both. <laughs> Alex, which four actors played Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan in the five Hollywood films? Okay, that is one, Tom Cruise, two, Cruise and Tom, <laughs> three, Tommy Cruise, <laughs> and four, Thomas Quise. Okay. Quise. <laughs> So it's safe to say you have not seen any of those Hollywood no. films. Okay. Uh, the correct answers were uh, Alec Baldwin. Okay. Harrison Ford. Okay. Ben Affleck. Okay. And then Chris Pine. What? Yeah. Tom Cruise wasn't any of them? Tom Cruise no. was not what? Jack Ryan ever. He does the Mission Impossible movies. No, yeah. but did he do a different one, though? Uh, I think he did like a John Grisham. He did The Firm, okay. which is John Grisham and not Tom Clancy. But let's see if you know who the actor was that played Jack Ryan on the 2018 Amazon Prime show. Jim from The Office? That, Jim from The Office is correct. Okay. Yeah, that's, we'll take that. That's John Krasinski. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a 100% correct answer. He went from Jim to Jimothy real quick. <laughs> uh, number six. What is the only state in the U.S. that has laws that restrict self-serve gas stations? And furthermore, which state had a similar law that ended on December 31st, 2017? Okay, so part A is New Jersey. Yes, it is. And part B is Old Jersey. <laughs> Um, you know what? Why don't you go find Old Jersey and let us know if that's correct? Go okay. go hunt down the governor. Yeah, of no, that Old state. Jersey just has a lot of holes in it because the yeah. moth is eating it over time. And it's a little like there's just like this sort of like baseline bo that you just can't get out no matter how many times you wash it. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Alex. What was the answer? <laughs> oh, that might help. Uh, Oregon. Ah, you know, I almost guessed Oregon, but I decided to be a smart Alec instead. All right. Uh, your score for round one, you have 450 points right now. And let's launch you right into our next round. All of these questions revolve around a theme, which is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, but the AI has put the words it's always sunny in in parentheses. So it's kind of like a song title where you don't need that information, but it's just going to make you happier if you have it. It yeah. would make me happy if it was always sunny. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't I, No, No, it wouldn't because every once in a while you need to mix things up. Well, the, you, need, you need the rain to appreciate the yeah. sun. And, and having been in space for long enough that I know no such thing as rain, um, frankly, nor the sun. Um, yeah. I, I agree. Mixing it up would be pleasant. You clearly don't have windows in your pot. We actually have a triple sun uh, behind us. If you uh, if you look out our little porthole, we have two portholes in our escape pod. Uh, Julia and I will often press our faces up to those little portholes. I decided to go it's, for a pod that had an actually functioning waste system rather than ah, one with the portholes. You know what? You, you pick know. your battles. It's worth it for us to get the like minuscule space tan. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. While I'm asking you this first question, uh, just peek out this little porthole you'll see three fantastic suns one is purple i feel uh, like that one's getting closer to us as we keep doing this so uh we'll see if we're still standing by the end ah, they might yeah that's true they may have a tremendous gravitational pull alex question number one in our it's always sunny in philadelphia round which movie character would you find at the top of the steps of the philadelphia museum of art which is a, f a fun run to do. You charge on up those steps. 
Must Start be very pose. empowering. Oh, no, indeed. Great museum. It by is the a way. fantastic museum, isn't it? I could spend all day there, and I have. <laughs> uh, number two, there's another three parter. Uh, so, 2A, uh, well, for all of them of number two, name these past and current Philadelphia Phillies players. Now for 2A, because I can read, I promise. Um, he signed a 13 year contract in the offseason. 2B, he was a shortstop named the. 2007 MVP and 2C he was a third baseman who was a three-time MVP Julia a big baseball fan I know nothing about sport balls <laughs> case in point uh, no that it's adorable because so often we've referred to it uh, as sports ball but to hear it called sport balls <laughs> That was just funnier to me. <laughs> um, I only the only thing I know is when the Cubs are winning because my boyfriend is a very avid Chicago Cubs fan, and we talk about it so much, or like he talks about it so much that my phone thinks I love the Cubs, so I just keep getting push alerts of whenever they score. I'm like, okay, thanks. I don't know what to do with this information now. <laughs> the power of of Google. My boyfriend talks about a thing, and my, now my phone believes I'm into it. <laughs> I guess it's a joint package. Question number three, Alex, which two actors were the leads in the movie Philadelphia? And which actor played the male partner of one of those leads? So we want three actors in total. You'll get 50 points for each one you get correct. Alex, have you seen the movie Philadelphia? I have not. It is, uh, as you will be unsurprised to learn, something of a tragedy. That's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, And, and given that that's not your area of study but a thing that you seem to savor uh, yeah apparently i'm just like a really dark dude i'm learning uh this podcast has uh really helped me find myself thank you ross look you know we understand you've been trapped in a one-seater escape pod you've you've clearly been alone in space for a little while that that can start to feel desolate but i promise that uh tragedy plus two people in an escape pod equals comedy. So by the end of our podcast, you're going to feel so much better about things. And then we're going to shuttle you off into the blackness of space on your own again for some years to come. You'll get to work on more poetry that time. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'll try to process that, I guess. All right, number four. Tell me which character on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia we're talking about. And personally, this is one of my favorite shows, so I thrive with this question. Um, 4A, who is the father of two, maybe three of the main cast? We just need the character name. Yeah, it doesn't you, have to be the actor, actually, just the character. You don't actually have to worry about paternity in any literal sense. Uh, 4B, uh, which characters regularly eat cat food to fall asleep? And there's two characters that we're looking for here. Ross is not one of them, although I, I can confirm I did catch him eat. Get, did catch him eating some of Spock's food the other day. That is true. Our space cat Spock seems to be below decks with Engineer Rachel because he has not put in an appearance since you came aboard, Alex. Uh, finally, 4C, which character is Charlie Day married to in real life? Uh, so that one's a little bit tougher. Alex, question number five. Which national symbol was commissioned in 1752 and repaired by John Pass and John Stowe? And for an additional 50 points, in which building was it formerly located? It's not there now, but it used to be. Correct. That's a major plot point in a very 
culturally acclaimed movie. Yeah. Culturally acclaimed is exactly how I would describe that <laughs> film. When I was in, I guess it would have been seventh or eighth grade, I rode and or died for that movie. <laughs> that movie, yeah. That that ticked all of the Alex as a that year old boxes. I'm sure. interested though that you rode and or died, because uh, I what would the dying without the riding look like if you just? Well, I mean, they they say ride or die. I guess you could also ride and die. Oh, okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, like if you die but your foot's still on the gas. <laughs> so it doesn't say drive or die it just says ride so you know you, you could, just oh, yeah. the ride. You could just so i guess your your I mean, hand would be on the gas <laughs> <laughs> fair enough alex let's see how you did oh wait in... we still have number six ross oh my gosh we do we've got one more question the ai just seems to have trying added to stiff that. us with no, less fuel I, I missed it all right number six alex which branch of the armed forces was founded in philadelphia there are only so many answers on this one, so... Take, take your pick. Any guess is a good one. All right, now let's go ahead and find out the answers to our It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia round. Alex, number one, which movie character would you find at the top of the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art? Rocky. Yeah, that's excellent. You'll get an extra 50 points if you can give us his last name. Balboa. That is that is correct. So you just picked up 100 points. Uh all from running up and down the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Nicely done. Uh, number two, name these past and current Philadelphia Phillies players who signed a 13-year contract in the offseason. Bryce Harper. That is correct. And you know what? It's as, a, as an Atlanta Braves fan, it has been so much fun watching like one of the marquee free agents go to Philadelphia and the team it has gotten worse as a result of him being there, which is exactly what happened to many of his nationals teams. Great player. N- clearly something is wrong, like chemistry wise. So I just love that he's stayed in the division. <laughs> Never do that laugh again. Oh my God. <laughs> um, to B, he was a shortstop named the 2007 MVP. Jimmy Rollins. Indeed. Correct. Um, and finally, to see, he was a third baseman who was a three-time MVP. Ryan Howard's my guess, best guess here, but I think he played first. He was so, a first baseman, yeah. yeah. Mike Schmidt. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's sort of the all-time great Philadelphia Philly, and he played during that era when they wore the dope-ass powder blue uniforms oh, with yeah, the purple those, stripe. I mean, you know, as a Carolina guy... It's hard that, to like. It's it's not quite the Carolina blue, but it's it's close-ish. So. Yeah, we you know uh, we introduced you as uh, as a student at Hollow Duke, and yet you say you're uh, a fan of the UNC Tar Heels. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm not a fan of Duke athletics. The the Duke as a school has been wonderful for me, but I went to UNC undergrad, and once you're a Tar Heel, you're always a Tar Heel. So I've had the the fun experience of uh being behind enemy lines for the past few years here so for all you listeners who hang out in Shashevskyville, uh either <laughs> literally or metaphorically uh you can suck it everybody in the pod right now is a unc fan uh yep tar heel born tar heel bred when I die, I will be a Tar Heel dead. I will say one of my favorite Tar Heel bread memories ever is uh, we were doing the live trivia show one night at Linda's and a, a woman uh, comes in uh, wearing a, a, a Tar Heel blue t-shirt and she had um, like safety pinned 
pieces of Wonder Bread to her, and we because were she's a Tar Heel bread. Yeah, we were really <laughs> confused until finally someone mentioned Tar Heel bread, and I was like, oh, I love it. Oh my god. Yeah. Alex, which two actors were the leads in the movie Philadelphia? Tom Hanks. Yes. Denzel Washington. That is correct. And can you name the actor who played the male partner of Tom Hanks? My answer is, and I quote, I cannot in good faith make a joke about the movie Philadelphia, and I do not know. Our AI says that is a correct answer. (laughs) Uh, uh, It also would have taken Antonio Banderas. Okay, okay. Yeah. Number four. Tell me which character on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is A, the father of two, maybe three of the main characters. Danny DeVito's character, whose name I don't remember. Do we do, does the AI give half credit for just knowing like, the yeah, actor? It's, it's flashing up 25, so I think it's going to give you that. Uh, which characters regularly eat cat food to fall asleep? Mac and Charlie? Charlie, yes. Mac, no. Okay. Yeah, it's actually Danny DeVito's character, Frank Reynolds. Okay, uh, that's the yeah, name of that, that character. That sounds about right. Yeah, they sleep in the same bed. I think they share a uh, toe knife. Uh, so they. Nope, nope. Yeah. Frank's toe knife is just Frank's. Oh, he does not share that thing. I, excuse me, Julia. Uh, clearly, I have transgressed. <laughs> I mean, who would be so gross as to share a toe knife with someone else? Clearly not Frank. And uh, finally, 4C, which character is Charlie Day married to in real life? Danny DeVito? (laughs) (laughs) I wish, but no. Uh, He is married to the waitress. And sadly, Alex, if you had been on the podcast last week, you would have heard Julia obsessing over Danny DeVito. (laughs) So um, maybe we should just call this podcast the Danny DeVito Hour. (laughs) If I just keep plugging enough, maybe I'll get to meet Danny DeVito one day. Number five, which national symbol was commissioned in 1752 and repaired by John Pass and John Stowe? The Liberty Bell. That is correct. And in which building was it formerly located? Independence Hall. That is correct. That was the Pennsylvania State House for some years, so we would have taken that as well. And of course, you ride and or die for national treasure. What about National Treasure Book of Secrets? That one, see that that's where I started to sour on on the whole the whole idea. Actually, that was sort of a, a, a real loss of innocence when I realized that that something could be so enjoyable for me and then and then turn out a sequel that I so did not enjoy. And then, unfortunately, what about the third movie in the series, Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance? See, that's when they really turned it back around. <laughs> I do have a short Liberty Bell story though, which is that I went to Philadelphia with. Um, my now wife, she wasn't at the time, um, and we stood in line for about three hours to see the Liberty Bell, and the way that they finally do it, you know, it's a very Disney World line where you're winding, and you go through these exhibits, and then finally you turn the corner, and bam, there's a Liberty Bell, and the first thing she said when we turned around the corner was, that's it? (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, like, it's, in my opinion, it's a cool bell. But uh, apparently it was built up a little much for her. Had she seen the movies prior to this visit? I think she said that whenever she saw it on TV, they made it look bigger, I think. is. Oh, yeah, they it. make it look badass. And, yeah. But, you know, this is a Hollywood staging trick that they sometimes do when your male lead in your movie is actually a short guy like Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, things they'll, they'll put Cruise things Tom, to, frankly. <laughs> to make things look larger. And Nicolas Cage is only three foot six. 
Oh, so Danny DeVito is actually indeed taller than him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Danny DeVito is a giant next to <laughs> Nicolas Cage. You know, I can see it. Um, all right, finally, number six. Which branch of the armed services was founded in Philadelphia? The Navy. No, we were looking for the U.S. Marines. Oh, interesting, yeah. But you did, in fact, name a branch of the armed services, which, you know, when we've used that question at our live show, people were surprisingly unable to do. Uh, we definitely had one person say the Peace Corps, which was... <laughs> it's a core. <laughs> it is a core. Uh, <laughs> it's so deeply wrong. Uh, so, Julia, you're looking at the AI readout right now, and uh, how's Alex doing after two rounds? Uh, after two rounds, his score is at 975. And this seems like a really good time for us to take a short break, so stick around. We will be right back with a little bit more Trivia Escape Pod. And we are back with Alex in our little trivia escape pod. Uh, Spock is still somewhere around here floating around in his little zero-G zone. Um, But while he does that, we're going to move on to our movie round, which is going to be anagrams. So in this round, uh, we have made anagrams of the title of a popular movie that our AI has provided us. And uh, we've written a new plot based on that anagram. So we read you the new plot. And you tell us what the AI's anagram is. Uh, So the movies are sometimes derivative, so just listen carefully, and you may see shades of the original movie in the plot. Alex likes to give you a sample to work through, and then we'll plow through ten of these. Your sample plot, a young elephant whose oversized ears enable him to fly gets a hairstyle fit only for a homeless person. Bum do? Yeah, yeah, an anagram of Dumbo, but uh, yeah, we've made it pretty awful. So you you seem to have a, a pretty good uh, sense of how this is going to work. Anagrams date back from classical times, man. Sweet. Well, you're going to need all of those classical skills. Uh, I assure you that none of these movies date back to classical time. In fact, some are deeply not classics. Uh, we're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel once or twice. They but might be classics in like 300 years from now. Who that's knows? Classics. It, it could could happen. You know, maybe when uh, people get it on VHS, they'll go wild with it. <laughs> Alex, here's the plot to number one. And I will say the AI gives us the title, but Julia and I write the plots. And in fact, we write uh, whole screenplays, but we have condensed these down to just a sentence for you. And if at any point you'd like to see the entire film, uh, well, we will we'll throw it up on the holodeck uh, and transmit it over to your pod. So here's your plot for number one. A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a poor artist on a cruise ship which contains a feline. The feline is very convenient here because uh, Engineer Rachel refuses to be in any of our screenplays, so if ever we need a third character, it always has to be Spock. Has to be Spock. So this one just worked really well that it happened to have a cat. Yeah. Now, in fairness, uh, we are the next movie we're going to be working on is Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, and uh, he is not proved useful for that because he actually has a cat face on a cat body yep yep he doesn't meet the criteria for it all right moving on to number two the daughter of an imperial scientist joins the rebel alliance in a risky move to get rid of the eu's currency 
and this is not Brexit the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? The, uh, never mind. I was trying to make a topical joke, but it it's failed. Not bricks. Well, no, I said not Brexit. Oh, yeah! I thought you said they snot bricks it's, in the movie. Wow. Uh, that's a whole different film. Really <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I realized the EU never uh, uh, their currency was never in use Mm-mm. in the UK anyway. So no, the not joke, really. The joke was really bad and uninformed. I'm not going to do that again. Alex, number three, during a 12 hour period in which any and all crime is legal and ugly breed of dog hangs around okay now look julia i know that we have written this script based on an an ugly dog and some listeners are going to be very unhappy with us yeah you're going to spark some fires with this one yeah some some people are going to be like oh look at this face it's so cute and if you have got this breed of dog and you want to send pictures to our our twitter at trivia escape pod and try to convince us you go right ahead we, we especially appreciate the ones where their like, little teeth are sticking out the bottom. Yeah, we do. Like, not teeth with a T-H. Specifically, teeth with an F. <laughs> little teeth. <laughs> All right, number four. A young motorist finds himself taking part on a heist doomed to fail, but he finds a lot of courage when entering a price, when entering a price on an eBay auction. I think I read that terribly, so I'm going to repeat that yeah, one. Give it to us one more time. Uh, a young motorist finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail, but he finds a lot of courage when entering a price on an eBay auction. Man, I used to love eBay. It was like just oh. before my age range of when I was allowed to properly be on the internet. Until my beautiful wife said, stop the madness. I was all about winning auctions on vintage hockey jerseys. Which at the time, like, I had a job where I could wear them to work. Although she maintains that I never had a job where I could, you know, reasonably wear them to work, <laughs> but I went ahead and did it. I think this, I think a lot of my fashion sense came from the movie Happy Gilmore. Dress for the job you want, man. Yeah. No, I desperately wanted to be a guy who worked in a place where he could wear hockey jerseys. Uh, Alex, the plot for movie number five a man named Decker must pursue and terminate replicants, which he does by massaging their kidneys in his study. I'll let you chew on that one. That is a that is quite an anagram. I I don't think I would get this one for the life of me, honestly. But don't you kind of want like a deep kidney massage? I really don't know that I do. Yeah, no. Also, I never thought I would take notes that said Decker kidney massage. <laughs> but here I am. Yeah, it's first time his, for everything. It's in, in his pod. in his study. That's uh, that's the that's another oh, yes, really yes in the study. Yeah, Decker with the kidney in the study. Oh, it's just an anagram of Clue. <laughs> Good job. Perfect. Yeah, that movie is called Loose. No, I'm kidding. Uh, starring Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, the crew of the Nostromo uh, is attacked by a xenomorph, which causes the main character to tilt. Did I say that right? Yeah, Nostromo? Nostromo. Okay, cool. That's some classic sci-fi. I mean, there are, there are very few ships in the furthest reaches of space that have better names than the Nostromo. Did, did we ever make a name for our pod? 
did, did did we ever finish writing it, or is it just still like a smear of marker because we were lazy? I, I, you know what? So far, it's just the pod. Well, you know what, listeners out there, if you can hear us, uh, if you have any good ideas for like an SS whatever uh, that we can name our pod, go ahead and tweet us. Yeah, we would love to christen this ship with something other than waste. So. And something other than the SS Danny DeVito. Oh, man, that's that's totally I mean, it's a it's kind of a short little uh, it's a little round pod, pod. but it kind of fits three people. So it's <laughs> stout in the middle. Uh, yeah, I, it's going to be the SS Danny DeVito. <laughs> Unless you guys have something better. Please spare us of that. Number seven, Alex, a Scottish freedom fighter revolts against King Edward the first and then sighs loudly about the bones in his back. That, that takes some inspiration from an Oscar winner in the past. <laughs> I feel like uh, Decker might also get a massage here. Oh, God, right? Oh, look, our, our podcat has Spock has reappeared. entered the upper deck. What's up, little bud? Yeah, he's probably not going to talk into the mic. Nah, he's just a floating little bud. Uh, number eight. The jets and sharks feud over whose mollusks have great, the greatest girth. So we we uh, we have put some vertical blinds in front of the portholes, uh, and Alex moved those out of the way to look at the triple suns earlier. Spock is now playing with them. Um, He's a good bud. Yeah. So if you hear some banging around in the background, that's clearly him. Alex, did you get number eight? Okay, or do you want me to repeat it for the sake of the cat? A repetition. Uh because of the cat <laughs> you got he it is very distracting when he appears on the pod <laughs> all right number eight Sporting once more pretty much right between us <laughs> just a feel the uh the jets and sharks feud over whose mollusks have the greatest girth and it was when we wrote this question ross that i realized i think my least favorite word in the world is girth it's a terrible i word. hate yeah. it no, like a lot really of people bad. hate moist I'm- i get it but girth is like, oh, I'm actually team girth. Team girth. I, I, oh, way I, to brag. I, yeah. Mister. Hashtag team <laughs> I just, girth. I just enjoy the word girth. I mean, uh, who can, you know, if you are, you are. If you're not, you don't enjoy it. It's fine. It's everyone's personal preference. It, it takes a confident man to say that he's team girth. <laughs> Let's get that hashtag going. Hashtag team girth. <laughs> I'm speaking purely in lexical terms. Ah, okay. Like, fuck team Edward and team Jake. We want team girth. <laughs> Team Girth and Team Moist. Ah! I hate it already. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine, math genius Alan Turing tries to crack the German Enigma code so that he can begin a competition between creatures that resemble butterflies but eat your clothes. That one, that one has multiple parts and feels sort of... <laughs> That's a deep lore co- movie. Complicated, yeah. This, this is the type of movie that has like a 20-page Wikipedia. Yeah, absolutely. All right, number 10. This is our last one in the round, Alex. All right, number 10. A music instructor with anger issues damages a student so badly that the kid wears a trendy pashmina. Oh, trendy pashmina. <laughs> I can't think of a Pashmina without thinking of the little Hamtaro cartoon character. Fair enough. I, you know, what's what's interesting, though, is uh, it's super important that it's a trendy Oh, Pashmina yeah, the fashion is important. Oh, wait, Alex is nodding like he has already decoded the anagrity. <laughs> no, no, absolutely no, no, not. Okay. I was Fervently... nodding to the trendiness. Trendiness is always important. So the trendiness is actually a clue here. 
that it's a trendy pashmina is going to help you with this one. So you know what we have uh, we have tortured Alex with these anagrams. It is difficult to unscramble uh, and and rescramble the titles of so many movies so quickly. Um, so I think we should just talk more about the trailer for Cats. I'm really okay with that. Um, awful. <laughs> It totally awful. I, I have so much respect for it. I'm sure that it might be good if it just wasn't so closely bordering the uncanny valley. Right. Just like such human faces, such human chests. Like, why do the cats have like human boobs? Would you have guessed that the movie Cats would fall victim to the same problems as the movie Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, yeah, I could believe it because it's the same caliber it's the as same like, thing, right? like wanting it's too human to face. make animals look real. But, but like talk about two properties that you'd think, well, we'll never run into the same problems in making these films. <laughs> lo and behold. There it is. I just, okay, I really appreciate just like the huge backlash that that Sonic trailer got and then just Sega immediately going like, oh, just kidding. That wasn't the real trailer. We'll have something better for you guys soon. Have they done it yet? Has uh, Not that I'm aware of. Um, but yeah, there was totally just a mass tweet going around be like, hey, we've heard your compliments and your complaints. We'll get on this. Yeah, now we just got uh, the broadcasts just recently back from Comic-Con. Now, by the time this broadcast makes it back to Earth, uh, Comic-Con will, will be three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I didn't see anything coming out of San Diego about Sonic the Hedgehog. No, that, I didn't it's see radio anything silent. either. Of course, you know, we also didn't see anything coming out of DC Comics because they skipped the whole thing. And they have, like, a bunch of stuff in development. They're doing a new Wonder Woman. The they 19- are? Yeah, Wonder Woman 1984. But it's still Gal Gadot. Yeah, okay. e- except she has a cat body <laughs> and, and Gal oh, Gadot's God. face. And uh, she runs super fast like Blue Lightning. <laughs> exactly. And uh, what's the guy's name in that song? Chris Marsden? Is that his name? Uh, James Marsden. James Marsden. Wait, was he in that? Yeah. He plays the only human character that was shown in the trailer. Oh, in Cats. Oh, I didn't see him in the trailer. I no, thought you no, were talking in about Sonic. It. Oh, in Sonic. I thought you were talking about in Wonder Woman, and I got no. really confused. No, no, no. Because I was pretty sure that was Chris Pine. That is Chris Pine. I yeah. think my brain was mixing the two up. The but yeah, James Marsden was definitely in the Sonic trailer. Okay. To my mind, like James Marsden should just stay on Westworld mm-hmm. forever. Can I have the rep- repetition of a few clues? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. What you got? I feel like okay. So number one, I need a, to be repeated. A seventeen-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a poor artist on a cruise ship, which contains a feline. All right. So what else do you need, Alex? Um, I need number three. During a 12-hour period in which any and all crime is legal, an ugly breed of dog hangs around. <laughs> He's just hanging around, doing nothing. He's just there. He's present. <laughs> okay, number four. A young motorist finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail, but he finds a lot of courage when entering a price on an eBay auction. So finding a lot of courage, that's part of it. Entering a bid on an eBay auction, that's the other part. And 
Yeah, I think I, I think I have the clues to the rest of them, just not the answers. Fair enough. All right. These are uh, these are difficult to unscramble. You know what, Julia? Why don't we take another short break? We'll give Alex uh, a minute or two to think about this while we listen to a little bit more of our uh, of this week's opening music and you know see if maybe it grows on us and we want to keep it forever. Sure, and really save some oxygen here in this little tank. And we're back, Trivia Escape Pod. We've got Alex Karsten, PhD student at Duke University studying classics. Uh, here in the pod with us, he's been working on the anagrams round. Uh, and it seems like a really good time to see if he can get any correct answers. He gets 100 points for each one he gets right in this round. That would be some serious points to put into the pod to fuel our exploration. Yeah, Ross, if we have that much fuel, where do you think you'd want to go this time? Uh, you know what? There is a nebula that we passed and we thought hey, maybe we should explore it all of the constellations in there uh, were in the shape of Jenny McCarthy, and we were like, well, that seems like an anti-vax nebula. Let's not go there. But, you know, we've got to find a hospitable planet, and we're vaccinated. You know, I think I'd be okay with exploring around a little bit. All right, but let's see what Alex put for his answers. Ross, do you want to take away with number one? A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a poor artist on a cruise ship which contains a feline. Cat in it. Cat in it is correct. That's That's 100 points. Number two, the daughter of an imperial scientist joins the Rebel Alliance in a risky move to get rid of the EU's currency. Euro gone. That is correct. Alex is crushing it with the anagrams. It's going to go downhill pretty soon. Oh, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) All right, Alex. During a 12-hour period in which any and all crime is legal, an ugly breed of dog hangs around. Pug there? Yes. Yeah. He's just there. He's, He's just chilling. He's just there. Just <laughs> his tongue hanging out of his mouth. The little teeth. <laughs> Number four. A young motorist finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail, but he finds a lot of courage when entering a price on an eBay auction. I, I drew a blank on this one. That is bravery bid. You know, it's probably uh, useful for us to review the movies that these are anagrams of cat in it of course is an anagram of titanic euro gone alex rogue one yeah it was rogue one and then pug there is an anagram of the purge uh bravery bid is an anagram of baby driver ah yes yeah uh, number five, a man named Decker must pursue and terminate replicants, which he does by massaging their kidneys in his study. What did you wind up putting for this one, Alex? <laughs> I, I again drew a blank. <laughs> that's, um, that's fair. Yeah. Would it have helped if we told you that the source movie is Blade Runner? Uh, I mean, probably if I could have had enough time with the anagram. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had guessed. Uh, yeah, I've never seen Blade Runner, so I had maybe Looper or Terminator. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, it's hard when you're not confident with the movie. Well, the anagram of that one is Renal Rub Den. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, how could it not kidney be? Kidney massage in a study is, is, yeah. is that's a A place we will never be visiting in this <laughs> yeah, pod, that, no matter what Ross says. You know that what? Sounds it, like it would be illegal or, at, yeah, at the it, very least. It is of, It is a black market means of treating yeah. kidney stones. Yeah. Well, the renal rub did. <laughs> I'm vetoing a this conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, Ross is dying laughing. I'll take number six. Um, the crew of the Nostromo is attacked by a xenomorph, which causes the main character to tilt. I lean. Yeah, yes. An, anagram an, of alien. Yeah, perfect. Number seven, a Scottish freedom fighter revolts against King Edward I and then sighs loudly about the bones in his back. So the movie was Braveheart, but I, I struggled with the anagram. Uh, the anagram there was ah vertebra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Um, shoot, does the AI give half credit if he knew what movie we were uh, referring to? Yeah, I to? think so. I think so. Number eight: the jets and sharks feud over whose mollusks have the greatest girth. And of course, you don't care whether it's jets or sharks. You're just hashtag team girth. Of course. Yeah. I mean, they clearly value girth. Because they're fighting over it. Sure. I, I mean, I feel like I'm not alone in this as always. No, you're not. That Well, the Jets and Sharks. And I'm yeah. not a fan of this I conversation. I mean, it's the one thing that brings the Jets and Sharks together, other than song and dance. Yeah, except they're feuding over who has uh, the girthiest mollusks. I don't know. That's, that's clearly not a word. <laughs> and when I say it and it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, ew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex, what was your answer for number I, eight? I, I know it's West Side Story, but again, I, I uh, blanked on the anagram. Yeah, here. the anagram was widest oysters. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine. Math genius Alan Turing tries to crack the German Enigma code so that he can begin a competition between creatures that resemble butterflies that eat your clothes. It's something along the lines of a moth game, the moth game, but I, yeah. Yeah, and uh, begin is ah. is the key that you're you're still not there with. Initiate moth, Initiate oh, moth game. It. Oh, yeah. man, look at that anagrammatic talent. Yeah. Crushing it on the fly. Number 10, a music instructor with anger issues damages a student so badly that the kid wears a trendy pashmina. It's something from Whiplash. Yeah. And we said Trendy was part of it. Trendy's part of it. It's a hip shawl. Oh. <laughs> ah, all I could think of was scarf. <laughs> all I could think of was scarf. Uh, but you know what, Alex? Uh, we did not give you very much time. In fact, uh, while we were playing the music, that all of that was live. We just threw some music on to give you a second to think. And you you came up with some amazing anagrams in a very, very short time. Uh, very few of our live players have ever been able to do that. Julia, how is... How is his score looking right now? Um, his score is looking pretty dang good. He is at 1625, which for a one-man team is fan-freaking-tastic. Really great. Now, you know, Alex, 2,000 points would almost certainly get us a long way across this galaxy, maybe even into the next galaxy. Uh, so if you can get four correct answers in our top 10 round... We're there. Uh, we might be able to go to Space Disneyland because oh, it, Space uh, Disney would be so great. Disney's monopolization does exist out here, and uh, I've been wanting to go. Yeah, I really love Big Dipper Disney. Um, Except instead of Space Mountain, they kind of just reverse it. And it's like Earth Mountain. Yeah. So you just kind of like 
take a stroll down the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, and of course, they have, uh, you know, the Alpha Centauri Disney. Um, they have the, the Milky Way big uh, Disney. Uh, in the Alpha Centauri Disney, Space Mountain is just called Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do they still have Pirates of the Caribbean, though? They have space pirates of the Caribbean. Mm, So think of like a treasure planet type vibe. When I went to Earth Disney as a kid, we once got stuck very badly on the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, ride. Defined very badly. As in for, I think, three and a half hours. And we were at the part where the animatrons just kept repeating over and over again with maybe five seconds of delay we want the redhead, give us the redhead, which I doubt is even part of the ride anymore, or maybe it is, who knows. But yeah, that that phrase is burned into my head. Also burned into my head, when the person came to get us out of the boat, which we thought we couldn't leave, the water was barely above his ankles. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a door (laughs) literally right there. We thought we were, you know, way in. You thought you were like marooned in like like in this neck deep water. Yeah, we'd have to swim. No, it was. Holy shit. Talk about a ruined illusion. I'm sorry. That's entertainment value. That's fucking funny. The illusion of the ride is so strong that you thought you were stranded (laughs) in the middle of nowhere and dude walks out of a door and, and and is like, oh yeah, let me get through this puddle to free you sad sacks from this boat. Let me put uh, on my Crocs. <laughs> yeah. Now, when he came to free you, did he take the redhead? No, they they they're they're still left desiring the redhead. Okay. Yeah. I would be. I would have been terrified if I was a ginger child on my that. My grandmother ride. has red hair, and she was sitting right behind. <laughs> Alex, our top 10 question today, uh, each correct answer is going to be worth 100 points. And uh, this one comes from World Atlas. We want the most spoken languages on Earth by number of speakers. You do not have to get these in any particular correct order, but we need 10 languages that you believe are spoken in as many places as possible. Uh, we found out on our last episode that our guest Wade Mentor spoke Spanish. Well, he had four years of uh, high school Spanish, Julia. He, you... he knew enough to haggle at a yard sale. That is, that is true. And uh, all the yard sales in Fuquay Varina are like, who was that man speaking Spanish? Uh, <laughs> do you have a foreign language, Julia? Uh, not as much as I would like to. I have like enough Spanish to have graduated undergrad with. Um, so I know like some... And uh, I have a little pamphlet that teaches you Dothraki from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? <laughs> um, it had like three phrases in it. Uh, and you may not remember the phrases verbatim, but could you give us just like a little bit of vocalization that sounds like Dothraki? I think it was just a lot of like, God knows, like, ach, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, I, I actually love that people will try to learn fictional languages, that there are actually a fair number of people uh, across the world who know how to speak Klingon. I was about to say, isn't Klingon like a weirdly big thing? Yeah, and I think people have sort of fleshed it out to where it is a fully functional language, which is some serious dedication. And I wonder if Dothraki is 
like headed for that. I feel like it is. I feel like it's almost reached that. It's if it's not, uh, the only thing I can think of that would ruin that is everybody was all hot to trot and they were like, ah, you know, the the mother of dragons speaks it, and then they watched the last season on HBO and they were like, ah, never mind, I'm gonna go back to Klingon. Uh, yeah, so apparently you can just visit Dothraki.org and learn how to speak Dothraki and Valyrian. Whoa, okay. I, I'd be interested in... Is Valyrian... Is that the highborn tongue? Uh, I know that... I Valy- it's technically called High Valyrian. Oh, okay. Is that... A, I, that's I a, that must be a dialect. Yeah, it's a dialect. I just know that the swords, the really good quality swords are made from like Valyrian steel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's... I think that's the name of a of an awesome science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, Alex, it looks as though you've got 10 languages. So tell us, by number of speakers, what are the 10 most spoken languages on Earth? All of this was sourced from World Atlas. And I'm hoping that our listeners will uh, not not fight with us about it. But, you know, you never know. So what do you got? Fights can bring you together like the sharks and the jets. <laughs> That's true. And they're girthy oysters. Ha- hashtag team most spoken language. <laughs> Okay, so Mandarin. Yeah, that is a correct answer worth 100 points. French. French is number 10 on our yep, list. that's so, yeah. on there. Spanish. Number yep. three on our list, yeah. English. That's Co- number one. Correct, yeah. Hindi. That, that's number four um, yes. on our list, yeah. Arabic. That's number five. You're getting them pretty close to the correct order now. Urdu. That is not one of our correct answers. All right, so. German? German, also not correct. Mm. I, you know, as soon as I was like, oh, you're getting yeah, them in the right yeah, order. Yeah, that's right, it starts you. going. You yeah, jinxed yeah. them, Ross. Uh, yeah, I did. Portuguese? Portuguese is one of the most spoken languages on earth. It is the number nine correct answer. Japanese? Uh, nope. Here is the list in order, Alex. Number one is English. Number two, Mandarin. Number three is Spanish. Number four is Hindustani or Hindi. Number five, Arabic. Number six is Malay. Malay. Number seven is Russian. Oh, I cut that at the end. Ah. Uh, Number eight, Bengali. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Number nine is Portuguese. And number 10 is French. So that is a pretty strong showing. It looks as though our AI has totaled up the points. And again, we need 2,000 points to get across uh, the galaxy that we're in. Julia, what is the AI telling us? Uh, The AI says we're indeed going to Space Disney World because we got 2325. I'm going to Disney World. Oh, yes. You did awesome. Alex, when we get to Disney World, you can ride Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) When did we get to the ride? This is the ride. Guys, I hate to be like this, but is it a question of going to Disney World or dealing with the waste? Because... Why can't we just dump it off at the Disney World trash cans? Good, good point. Yeah, just Dave Matthews Band bus it into the space. <laughs> exactly. Cuyahoga. Wow, that is reaching deep into the annals of waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave it to a PhD candidate. 
<laughs> As always, all of our questions were provided by our AI supercomputer, so if you think it made a mistake, shoot us an email at triviaescapepod at gmail.com or give us a shout on Twitter at triviaescapepod, or you can just let us know what's happening on Earth, which we are currently nowhere near. If you've got an idea for a round or a great piece of trivia that you're dying to share, we would love to hear from you. Email us at triviaescapepod at gmail.com we are always particularly happy to have top 10 questions and pictures of pugs with teeth and any other form of canine uh, it feels like we're going to have to start an Instagram now which kind of canine are you talking about um, preferably dogs I don't want to just see pictures of people's teeth that is incorrect on my part thank you for clarifying that thank you for the clarification please don't send me pictures of your teeth uh, yeah no absolutely uh, send, I just want duck teeth send pug teeth uh, or teeth. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. And, and then also uh, just caption that pug there. <laughs> <laughs> pug there. Hashtag pug there and hashtag team girth. I think we've got a good repertoire going on. <laughs> we've only got a limited amount of time and, you know, it seems like a good time to talk about what we've got going on in the near future. Alex, uh, what do you have coming up? Um, I have the rest of the North Carolina Courage season, which is the women's soccer team over in earth north carolina as opposed to the other kinds of north carolina um we have seven players that used to play in the world cup and i'm a season ticket holder and i am so excited about seeing them come back and play world-class soccer right in my backyard sounds great and now alex i know one of your favorite things to do uh during the school year is to get tickets to a game at cameron indoor stadium home of duke university and uh get in the building and then reveal that you are wearing unc's colors you gonna try that again i am not uh going to try that i value my safety (laughs) fair enough but you have done it i i actually i haven't worn our colors because they will actually kick you out for that oh I had interest in staying for the entire game, but I did go and root for UNC, which is enough to, let's just say, anger some folks. It does make folks very irritated. And look at that. We said we were never going to talk about sports rivalries or university rivalries here in North Carolina, and we just went and did exactly that. Go Heels. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, I have got some exciting news. Uh, There is going to be a new reading series of poets, fiction writers, and nonfiction writers that uh, my friend Ashley and I are going to be started. And we're going to kick that off September 14th at 7 p.m. at OK All Right, which is the home of Meddlesome Comedy. That's 401 West Gear Street, Suite A. It's part of the, I think it's part of the Mercury Studios complex. It's, uh, it may even be attached to some part of Motorco. I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, but our September 14th reading is going to feature poet Gabrielle Calvacaresi, an amazing poet. Alex, of course, you're a poet, so you know how good Gabby is. She is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. And so I'll be hosting that reading. We'll have uh, one or two other readers alongside Gabby at that. Julia, what have you got coming up? Uh Coming up, I will hopefully be going to Louisville for a research conference soon where I'll be presenting my first research poster. I'm very excited about that. And uh, in my spare time when I'm not uh, learning about more psychology things, I like to study tarot cards and provide readings for people. Um, So if you have any questions you would like to ask the cards or ask me any form of guidance, advice, or just you want to understand something better, go ahead. Uh, follow me at 
Tall Sunflower Tarot on Instagram and Facebook. Alex, we're so glad to have had you here. Uh, what luck that we encountered you in deep space completely at random. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this really was a very enjoyable experience, despite all the waste. We'll, we'll send you that little promo photo from the end of Mountain. Ah, I'll just be so I'll just be like a proud dad looking at you guys on mountain. <laughs> All right, Alex, let's get you back into the airlock and Bye-bye, y'all. Uh, now he is through decontamination. He's safely aboard his pod and we have undocked. Oh, we he can't see us as we wave out of our window. He has no window. windows. Oh, poor guy. Well, Julia, it looks like you and Spock and I have used about all the oxygen we have for this week. So why don't we head back into stasis? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tweet at us if you feel. And uh, we'll catch you next week. 